Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, So we're going to be reading out of John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verses um, 3 through 19 and 25 uh, through 27. Uh, This is a pretty well-known passage of scripture. Uh, This is about the woman at the well. Uh, Probably... Uh, one of my favorite or top five favorite, uh, you know, messages or passages of scripture. And so a little context of what's going on when we were leading up to this story. is So Jesus and his disciples have just spent about a week in Jerusalem um, baptizing people, uh, you know, spreading uh, the message of that, the, you know, kingdom of God is here. So they've just really been going out and reaching out to people. And, and so they are leaving Jerusalem and they are on their way home uh, to Galilee. And uh, this is where we pick up in John chapter 4, verse 3. And uh, so let's read. It says this, so he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Tekar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noontime when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Since his disciples had gone to town to buy food, the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with the, with the well, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who, give us the, who gave us the well and drank from it from himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again and have to keep on coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She responds, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. And what you just said is quite true. And this always makes me laugh when, she, when her response, her response is, sir, you must be a prophet. He says, you, I can see that you are a prophet. And then we skip about six verses, and she has, they have this conversation about worship, and um, we'll talk about it in a little bit of why she was talking about the conversation of worship, and, and Jesus actually responds to her, the key to worship is to worship in spirit and in truth, and then, um, and then he, they have that conversation, and we pick up in uh, verse 25, and it says, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Turn to your neighbor and say the title of tonight's message. Say, love, that's loud. Love, that's loud. Come on, let's pray tonight. 
Father, we thank you just for gathering us under your name, God. We, right now, Father, we just totally give your spirit free reign over this service. We have no priorities other than listening to you, listening to your message, Father. So, God, let every mind be open. Let every heart be, be open to, to your word, Father, to your spirit, God. We just give it free reign because we need your love, Father. We, we need more of you. We need more of your son. So let's tonight be a night about you. Let tonight be driven by your spirit. And God, just help me communicate what you want to be communicated. In the name of Jesus, amen. and everybody says, amen. amen, amen. I think right now, and why I chose this title, Love That's Loud, I think right now, more than any time, and probably that I can remember in our community, in our nation, right now is a time where we need to be loud about our love. Right. Right now is a time where it shouldn't be in the background, where we should be quiet about our love. Right now should be a time when we are unashamed about our love. Right. When when we're when our love is so loud that nobody can deny that it's there. In this passage we just read, I, I believe it's one of the loudest messages of love um, that you can read. That Jesus, when, when, what he did when he talked to this woman and all the things he did, he was setting a standard and an example for us to follow. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, that is the journey what we're going to take, is that we're going to look at these standards that Jesus set, these standards of love when he approached this woman, when he approached these people, um, that I believe that is one that we need to follow to make sure that our love is loud, right? Because I don't want to be, be my love to be in the background. I don't want to, to be, take a back seat. I want to make sure that everything that I do is out of love and that people can't deny that love's in our heart. And so the first thing that Jesus really sets a standard of love, and it's point one for tonight, is that he said that love that leads. He said a love that leads. You see, back in this time, um, and the reason why, uh, you know, it was so uh, crazy to think about and why it was against the, the culture and, and the law of that time was when Jesus chose to go to, through Samaria to Jerusalem uh, or to Galilee. You see, back, back in those days, what the, what the Jewish people would do if they ever needed to get to Jerusalem or to Galilee from Jerusalem, they would go around and totally avoid the people of Samaria. But Jesus actually confronts these things. He confronts really three different you know, prejudices that was really held closely to the Jewish law at that time, and he confronts those things. And it's something that he really leads with when he first, you know, even before he even has a conversation with this woman, he confronts these three things that, you know, his, even his own disciples um, were holding to. And so the first thing was that he confronted was that the, the, the Jewish people, they had a prejudice against the Samaritans. You know, some, we, we know some of this in scripture, it comes up sometimes, but for some reason, the Jewish people had this deep prejudice and hate for the Samaritan people. They didn't want nothing to do with them. They didn't want to talk to them or be around them. Um, and so the, the history on that, because I believe that prejudice isn't something that you're born with. Um, prejudice is learned or taught, right? So, so the history of that prejudice is that um, 500 years before this story takes place, uh, the, the Israel nation is being taken over by Babylon. And so what happened is that the, the Babylonians, they, they took captives with them. They took prisoners with them, but they left some. They, they left a few. And the, the people that they left, they actually left the, the low, lowest, low, lower class of the Israel nation. So they left the, the poverty, they left the, the ill, they left the homeless. So they left really the, the lower class, but they took the middle and upper class with them to um, Babylon. Are you all following me? So they take these people with them, they, and they leave some. And the people that they left, 
they became known as the Samaritans. I mean, I did a little study into that. Um, the reason why they called them Samaritan, because that actually means watch or watcher. So really their job was to keep watch right over the land while they were gone. They were, they were captives. And so those Israel nation who was in Babylon, they were captive for 70 years. But here's the thing that happened. That during that 70 years, the, the Samaritans or the people who were left, they started to intermingle uh, with foreign uh, countries and, and pagan gods, and they started to mix up their, their religion of, of Judaism, where they really started becoming like a, a crossbreed of different people and different cultures. So you fast forward, and all those people, you know, who were captives in Babylon, they come back, they come back home, and they come back to the Samaritans, and, and they, they hate them. And they despise them because they, they didn't hold on to their tradition. And they didn't hold on um, to, to, you know, they started marrying outside of their culture. And so they despised them for that. So much so, and I, I, it's good to know the context, right, why they despised these Samaritans. So much so that the Jews didn't think that the Samaritans were worthy to worship with them, were worthy to live with them. So that's why they, were, they, they pushed them out and they were in their own little people group. And they didn't allow the Samaritans to worship God. They didn't allow them in their temple in Jerusalem. And it went to as far as this, that the Samaritans, you know, they weren't allowed to worship in Jerusalem. So they built their own temple to worship. But then the Jewish people burned down that temple because they didn't want them to even have the chance to worship. So, so, so just so y'all get the idea, this is 500 years of this prejudice that they have against the Samaritans. And that's the very first thing that, that Jesus really leads, right? He's leading by love. The first thing he leads is saying these Samaritans, right, the, 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 the old law, that it's gone now, right? Now we can go through Samaria. We're not avoiding these people. And so the, the, the first thing he really counts for is, is for really that, 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 that deep prejudice they had against the Samaritan people. And now here's the second thing that he accounted for, is that not only was, this, was she Samaritan, but she was a woman. And if y'all know in Scripture and under Jewish law, women really had no voice or value in, so, in society. That, that was Jewish law, you know. And so much so um, that it said that rabbis, um, and Jesus was considered a rabbi or, or a teacher, so much so that they, and it was part of their law, to not even talk to women in public. They wouldn't, and I'm, I'm talking about any woman. They wouldn't talk to their mamas. They wouldn't talk to their, their, to their daughters, to their, uh, to their sisters. Nobody. They wouldn't talk to anybody in public. And some Pharisees, and it's actually kind of, you know, well, it, it's, 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 it's ironic. Some Pharisees uh, would take it so extreme that they would actually, when they saw a woman in public, they would actually close their eyes. So they wouldn't even acknowledge their existence. But they became known as the uh, bleeding Pharisees because they would close their eyes and walk into a wall or close their eyes and, like, trip and, like, fall, you know. And that's how extremely, like, I want y'all guys to understand this. This is how religious they are. They're so gripped in it. They're so deep in their prejudice. And all of this, Jesus is confronting all these things right now. And that's why it's so powerful What's going on? So Jesus confronts this prejudice that they have against women. And then the, the next thing he, he, he uh, confronts is, you know, he confronted that racism. Now he confronted the, the, really the sexism. And then the next thing he confronts is that not only was she a Samaritan woman, but it says that she was divorced. And that's another thing. Back in that day, if you were a woman, 
the only real value that you had, the only real, you know, voice you could have was through your marriage, was through the person you married. And so when it says that she was divorced, not only that, she was divorced five times. So this woman was even an outcast in her own society. So I want you all to get this picture, okay? There's Jesus, the Messiah, right? The, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the, 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 the Messiah, the Chosen One. The, everybody expects him to go to the highest of the highs, right? Everybody expects him to speak his message to kings, to speak his message to, to, to officials. But instead, he says, I need to go through Samaria, and I need to meet a woman. I need to show you. I need to lead. And I'm going to speak to this person who you think is low, who you wouldn't even talk to. And he's the leader of these disciples. So I want you all to catch that. He's leading, right? His love is leading. And so what I take from that is that Jesus didn't let others approach him before he approached them. Does that make sense? He led with his love. He didn't wait for that Samaritan woman to come up to him. No, he came to, that, to, to her. Right. And that's what the first point is about. And that's the standard. I believe he set is that Jesus set a standard just right there. He's saying love is supposed to lead. Right. You're not supposed to react with love. You're supposed to respond right away with love. Love isn't something that first you have to love me before I love, you know, love is something I'm going to lead with. Amen. <laughs> love is something I want to take the first step with. And so that first point, first uh, point for tonight is that we got to make sure, right, if we want our love to be loud, then we got to make sure that our love is, is, is the lead, right? That our, it's a love that leads, that it's not in the background. It's not something that we wait for somebody to, you know, pass the test before we love them. No, Jesus led with his love, right? He led with love, and that's a powerful thought. And so Jesus, he's talking to this Samaritan woman, and they begin to have a conversation. And what's funny to me while I was thinking about is that Jesus, who knows where this conversation is going, he knows everything she's about to say, you know, the questions she's about to ask, and yet he still listens, right? He still listens. And that's point to number two, is that we need a love that listens. A love that listens. Because who's thankful that God listens to us, right? I mean, who's thankful for that, really? Because God knows everything that you're thinking, knows everything that you're going to say, and knows your prayers before you pray them, and yet he still listens to us. And that's really a thought that we've got to wrap our minds around is that love, the love that Jesus has for us and the love that we have to show, right, is a love that listens. Are you all hearing me tonight? And so the reason why... You know, Jesus is, is listening to this woman, they, and they're having this conversation. And it's really, you know, when I read scripture, I, I see it as a movie, right? That's how I learn. And so, I'm, and so it's like I'm watching this movie, this king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah, is not only combating all these prejudices, but now he's, he's listening. He's having a conversation. He's spending time. He's taking time out of his day. I mean, Jesus, his ministry only lasted three years. He didn't have a long time. But yet he's taking out his, his time to listen to this woman. And they have a conversation, and, and, and Jesus is, is listening to her and is talking with her. Because the thing is, is, is that when you listen, right, then you're able to learn, right? You can't learn without listening. 
I think that's sometimes, a lot, a lot of times our love, we, we love, but a lot of times we don't listen. Right? If you don't have the same ideas I have, if you don't have the same, you know, mindsets I have, I'm going to love you, but I'm not going to listen. Right? Has anybody ever thought that? I thought that sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take out, I'm going to look after you, but, you know, I'm not necessarily going to listen. But what, what Jesus is setting the standard is that we, we have to make sure what, that we have a love that listens. Right? A love that that have a conversation with people because when you listen, right, you, you, you begin to learn about the things and you, and you begin to, to learn different views and perspectives because I don't want to just listen to people who think exactly like I think. Amen? I don't, I don't want to listen to people who have the same, exactly the same views that I have because if you do that, right, there, there's no growth, right? You're not really learning anything. You're just listening to things on repeat, right? But Jesus is listening to this woman at the well, and, he, and he's learning, and, 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 and he's listening, and, and he's talking, he's having this conversation, and again, this whole time, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a crazy thought, because, you know, he's not even supposed to be acknowledging her existence according to Jewish law, but yet it says that he's, he's talking, and he's conversating, and he's listening to her, because when we listen right, then we can learn, because love listens, right, love listens, I mean, the, the greatest act of love that you can really have is that when you just look and you, you listen to somebody. I mean, whoever needed somebody just to listen to you? Anybody? Somebody? Couple? One or two? I mean, sometimes I, why, we just have this need that somebody can somebody just listen to me. You don't even have to agree. Just listen, right? You ever thought that? Don't, don't talk yet. Just listen, right? We need to have that love that listens to people because when you begin to listen you begin to learn, right? And when you begin to learn, you begin to understand. Uh, and, and when you begin to understand people, because he's listening to this woman, he's listening to this Samaritan woman talking about her problems, right? Or, or in talking about she was, you know, um, the things she's going through and she's listening. And what, 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 when, you, when you listen to somebody, what you're really saying is, I understand, right? When you listen to somebody, what you're telling them is, I understand what you're going through. You know, I, I hear you out. You know, I'm not tuning a deaf ear towards you. I'm not acting like that just because, you know, I don't, you know, know exactly what, what you're going through. I'm not going to act like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to understand. So this woman is really, well, really Jesus calls her out, and then she says, okay, you must be a prophet, right? And then she starts really explaining herself. But he's beginning to really show the Samaritan woman that, hey, you know what? I understand you. I understand what you're going through. I understand that you're hurt. I understand why you're coming to this well at, at the hottest time of the day, you know, ashamed and afraid and worried, right? Who knows that when you spend time with Jesus and you can, you can almost feel like when he's listening to you, you feel like, wow, you know, Jesus, is, he, really, he understands where we're at. And only love can do that. Only love can truly understand where you're at. You know, not the ones that turn a blind eye or a deaf ear, but the ones that listens and one that understands. All right? Because people, and it's a common saying, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's why our love has to listen. We can't just say, hey, I love you, and then not listen to them, right? We can't just say, hey, I, I care about you, but I'm not even going to take the time to understand where you're at. 
I think that's the standard that he was setting right there is saying we need to have a love that listens. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so this story is happening. It's really an awesome one. It's, it's, it's really a drama. He, he, he breaks all these Jewish laws, and, the, and really his 12 disciples are really saying, like, hey, what are you doing, Jesus? You know this is against the rules. But he's breaking all these laws, and he's talking to this woman who nobody else would talk to, not even her friends or her family, because she was divorced, and she was that low socially. But not only is he, is he listening to her, right, but he shows a love, and that's the third standard that he sets. He shows a love that lasts. I mean, who's thankful that God has love for us that lasts? Amen? God's love for you doesn't have an expiration date. God's love for you doesn't have strings attached and say, hey, I'm going to love you as long as you pass A, B, and C, right? Jesus has a love for us that lasts. And I think... During, during our time, right, when, when we are in a nation right now, we are hurting, right, people are in pain, we need somebody who they can know that our love for you is there's no strings attached. That when I say I love you, it doesn't mean that it's, it's because you have to do, you know, go through these things and, and pass these tests. I have a love for you that lasts. And that's what he was, he was saying to that Samaritan woman because she, she was looking for something. It says she was, she was thirsty, and obviously she wasn't finding. She'd been divorced five times. She was, she's looking for something. She's going, and she says she's thirsty. But what Jesus was saying to her, he said, hey, if you drink from the water that I'm offering you, it's going to last. Amen. And so Jesus is setting these standards. He's setting these love because right now more than ever, right, we need a love like what the title said. We need a love that is loud. I think when what the his this 2020 has been a crazy year, and you know, I'm only 23, so I haven't been through many years, but it's been crazy for me. Okay, it's been such a crazy year. I think now more than ever is a time when love needs to be in control, not take a back seat. Right. Now more than ever, it's not when love needs to be in the background, but when love needs to be loud. Because real love, or love that's real, is a love that lasts. Right? It's a love that lasts. Have you, has somebody ever told you, hey, I love you, man? And then you're just like, nah, I know you don't. You know, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, because, you know, they say they love you, and they forget about you in like two weeks, right? But Jesus offers you real love, a love that lasts. Amen? A love that, that sets that that stand that you know that you can always go back to him because that's what this woman was searching for. She knows exactly what it means for someone to say, I love you and not mean it. She's been divorced five times. Five times he's fallen in love. Five times she's felt like she's found that person. And five times she's found out that it didn't last. Right? She's in search for something that lasts. And I really believe that that's something that really as a nation, that's what we're searching for. And that's why, the, you know, people are in pain and people are hurting and people are going from heartbreak to heartbreak because they're in a search for something that lasts. And that's what Jesus, he's, he's saying in the standard, you all see what he's doing, he's saying in the standard, he's, he's, he's showing the love that leads, a love that listens, and a love that lasts. And who's thankful that all these things, right, it, it is able for us, right, all these things we are able to, we don't have to qualify for it, all we have to do is accept it. Amen? Amen? So Jesus is setting these standards. And so I'll, I want to close with John 4.4 4, if you all want to stand with me tonight. 
So in John 4, 4, I want to catch, I want to tell to catch this. He said that, you know, before this whole story, you know, shows and we already know what happens, right? So now we're looking back and before this all starts, he said he had to go through Samaria on the way. He says he had to go through Samaria on the way. And so to catch really full perspective is that, you know, the book of John is written by disciple John, right? And so John is one of his disciples. And so this, this passage of scripture is from his, his perspective. And so he's saying from his perspective that Jesus had to go through Samaria. So I kind of I can see that conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. Because in this moment, in John chapter 4, it is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. The, the 12 disciples have maybe been together for two months. And so they've, they've, they've just gone back from Jerusalem and, and baptizing people and spreading this message. And so they're, they're on their way to Galilee and they're, 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 they're really happy about it because they've just, uh, you know, been really been in a missionary to those people. And they've been talking with people that they, they can relate to that has the same backgrounds and, and the same mindsets as them. So that's who they're talking to. And all of a sudden, it's, it says in John chapter 4, as they're on their way home, it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Right, so I can see right already right, the disciples were saying, okay, let's, let's go. Let's take the normal route around Samaria back home like we always do. And then Jesus said, hey, no, this time let's go through Samaria. And I can see his disciples right now saying, well, what, what do you mean? You know, you, what, why? You know, you know, it didn't say that Jesus said he wanted to take a shortcut. It said that he had to do it. And so the disciples were probably like, okay, if you have to, if we have to, let's do it. Because I think what, what Jesus was trying to sh was show was that it's great that we're in Jerusalem and that we're talking to people who think like us, that we were conversating and preaching to people who look like us and act like us. But this time, let's go through Samaria. Let's go through a place that we usually avoid. Let's go through a place that really is outside of the norm. Let's go through this place. And and when you think about that, that's, that's God's love, right? Let's, he, he loves you in the place where people, right, would usually avoid. He, he goes to the people who people deem unlovable, right, who people deem aren't even worth the time. And he goes to those people and he says, we have to go through Samaria because there's a woman there. There's a woman there who's heartbroken. There's a woman there who's, who's, who's been through so much pain, who's been through so much really tragedy in her life, who's, who's afraid to even step outside unless nobody's around, who's ashamed. We have to go through Samaria because this message that we have, this message that we've been spreading isn't just for us, yeah. right? He's saying it, it's, it's not just... For, for, for the people who think like us or look like us, for the people who we're comfortable with talking to. It's for everybody. And so we have to go through Samaria. We have to. And that's the closing point for tonight is that if Jesus went through Samaria, so should we. If Jesus went through Samaria, so should we. What that means is that Jesus was saying, we have to go through Samaria because there's people who need love in Samaria. There's people who is, is unlovable. If Jesus loves the unlovable, right, so should we. If Jesus loves the people who everybody else says they're not worthy of love, worthy of worship, so should we, right? Jesus set that standard in this story right away at the beginning of his ministry, showing his disciples that this message is for everybody. 
This message isn't just for, for, for people in, in, in our group or people, this, the Jewish people. It's for everybody. That's the standard he set, and I believe that's the standard we need to follow. And so what does going through Samaria means? That means let's go and let's talk to people who we usually don't talk to. Let's, let's talk to that neighbor who we usually avoid. Let's, let's go and, and talk to, to our boss who we usually try to act like we don't see or, or try, you know, let's go through Samaria together. Because I believe that when we do that, when we stop avoiding people, when we stop just being with people that we're discomfortable around, but we go and talk to people who don't really look like us or think like us or act like us, when we do that, this, you know, the hurt that we feel, the pain that we see around us, I believe that we have to be loud with our love. And the only way you can be loud with your love is that you can't be ashamed of it. You can't reserve your love for some people and exclude it from others. You can't reserve your love for, for your family members and your friends, but exclude it from the people who you don't talk to, right? You have to be loud with your love because when you're loud with your love, it'll drain out, right? It'll, it'll wash out all the pain, right? When you're loud with your, with your love, it'll flood out all the, all the stuff that we're going through right now. Do you all agree with what I'm saying tonight? have to be loud with our love we can't be ashamed of it we can't just reserve it or exclude it but we have to be loud with it because i'm telling you the enemy's going to be loud with things that are opposite right hate's going to be loud right pain's going to be loud but if we choose to be loud with our love and say i don't want anybody to even think that i that there might be even a small chance that i don't love them no i want them to know that no matter what i love you i'm gonna be loud about it i'm not gonna be ashamed about it come on let's pray tonight let's let the holy spirit do what he does best father we thank you that tonight we're gonna be loud with our love we're not gonna be ashamed we're not gonna let it take a back seat but we're gonna let love lead us we're going to let our love be loud. We're, we're going to make sure that everybody around us knows for a fact that they are loved, knows for a fact that, that we have compassion for them, Father. So right now, for everybody under the sound of my voice, that we're, we're going to be loud with our love, Father. And if there's anybody, God, who, who doesn't feel loved at this moment, that right now your, your love is being loud for them, that they're holding on to you, just like the Samaritan woman, God, in search for something, but they're finding it right now, and they're finding that your love is the one that lasts. The world will fall away. All the material things will fall away, but your love, Father, will last. So we give you all the glory, Jesus. We give you all the praise, and we thank you, Father, for equipping us for this journey. God, there's a hurting world out there. There's a, there's a world that needs to hear our love. There's a world that needs to be impacted by us, Father. Give us the boldness, Thank you for God. listening to Give today's message. If you liked what you heard, be Give sure us, to God, subscribe and share it with a friend. With for love. more information about who we are, Jesus. visit RiversideChurchTX.com. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap tonight.